Bob Schneider leads the way, executive director, New York State School Boards Association. Happens to be a hot topic right now as far as the schools, whether to open, whether not to open. And uh, nice enough to give us a couple of minutes here on a Thursday. Robert, how are you? Hope you're doing well. I'm doing very well, Jay. How are you? I am okay, my friend, uh, and that is a, uh, a topic bandied about. We've had many, many an official on in the past couple of weeks, whether it be a, a superintendent or an assistant superintendent, but the beat goes on, and everybody has uh, their viewpoints on this. Uh, but, uh, you know, you guys took a poll and everything else. Where Before we get to some of the numbers regarding the poll, give me an assessment, Bob, as far as what you see, what you feel, are you comfortable Districts uh, have to submit plans, I believe, by tomorrow, and then uh, decisions will be made as we get into the next month. Where are you at with this? Well, we're getting more and more comfortable with this uh, reopening plan, yet there are some uncertainties that we can talk about. I will give you an update. The state education department extended uh, the submission deadline for reopening schools for another seven days for those school districts that need extra time. Uh, there were districts that were requesting it. We are seeing reopening plans coming in, but they're just extending it just to make sure the school districts can uh, that need it will uh, dot the I's, cross the T's, be able to communicate with their teams internally and externally, speak with their communities. So there is less pressure to get it right, even though these plans most likely will be fluid, Jay. Uh, we want, SED wants the school districts to get those reopening plans right and give them time to really focus in on it and, and get it right before they submit. So that would put it at one, August 7th, right? So that's the deadline out? That, that's a week from tomorrow, yeah. correct? Yes, correct. Okay. It could be right in line when the governor uh, uh, makes a, d- a decision. I know his there you go. point. Gotcha. So that All right. So, good. yeah. So with that being said, uh, and I guess the extra week is good because I, I sense from all the folks I'm talking to that there's a lot of trepidation right now because, you know, you want to do so safely. And I say you can based on, you know, what we're seeing with the COVID numbers uh, in the region, Long Island especially, very low. Governor had stated, you know, thresholds to meet. We've met them uh, mm-hmm. for the most part. And, and now it's about putting the protocols in place. But I would imagine there's even more trepidation based on the fact of setting up safety standards and in doing so money has to be spent and that is a whole nother encyclopedia out there right i mean that's basically you know you got to find dollars and cents here in order to put those protocols in and that's a big topic right now it's a huge topic jay and that was part of our pulse poll survey uh our board members a majority of them 72 percent don't think we can reopen safely without the proper funding and that funding includes state aid which they are expecting based on the budgets that were passed back in may in addition we need the federal stimulus money that uh, the uh, politicians down in dc are uh, working on right now in fact we had a group meeting, uh, about 25 school board members and local school board association executive directors with uh, Senator Chuck Schumer. And we had a very productive half-hour meeting with him yesterday. And he is pushing hard to get funding for our municipalities, including our school districts. And we need that money before we can open safely. It's not going to happen properly if we don't have the money. That's key. And, you know, you look at these stimulus packages being bandied about. One side has a... 
$1 trillion deal. Now, the other side is a $3 trillion deal. Now, some of this is, you know, within the confines is, is about education. You know, the problem is, until these two sides battle it out, mm-hmm. guess what? Uh, everything is kind of in a, in, a, in a limbonic state, so to speak, because yeah. that's where the dollars are going to come from. You know, you have to have mm-hmm. these packages in place. And, and that's a big problem. There's so much in, on the line now, so many different areas, but schools being one of them, that is a huge issue right now. Right now, it's it's incredibly huge, and uh, limbotic is, is is a good word, is a very good word. Uh, we're still seeing these plans come in. We don't have the final tally. We have seen some commonalities in the plans, but things might change in August. Uh, we don't know completely how teachers and parents are going to react. I know school districts are doing a great job communicating their plans to their communities. In fact, they have to do that, but they are out there surveying the parents to see, taking a temperature. You know, are they comfortable? bringing back students with these plans in place. But we are in flux still, Jay, and we will be in flux for the next four to five weeks. Tell me about the poll that was taken, because you had some interesting results. here. We'll go over a few of the questions that were given here, but explain the poll to the audience, who was involved and whatnot here. Yeah, we do uh, this whole poll surveying, scientific surveying of our school board members, and we typically ask one one to three questions on a hot topic. Obviously, this is the hot topic of every day these days. Um, and we ask these specifically, and we make sure we get a scientific representation of our membership. We ask them if uh, they thought the guidance issued by the state is comprehensive and granular enough for the districts to create reopening plans. We ask them, putting aside cost considerations, do you support, not support having students return to in-classroom instruction in September? And then finally, in the absence of more state or federal funding, do you feel you can safely open schools in accordance with the state education department and DOH guidance documents. And uh, that was yeah. it. And the first question, yeah, you know, 40% said yes regarding if they think guidance issued by the state is uh, comprehensive and granular enough uh, for the district to create the uh, reopening plans. Now, forget the 31st, folks. Now we're going to August 7th. That's a week from the Morris. You have that extra week, as Bob explained. So, But 40% uh, said yes, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. 40% felt it was detailed. And they were detailed plans. You, you've seen them, Jay. I know the SED plan was 125 pages, but I'm sure the school board members that uh, commented and said no uh, you know, they're, they're still uncertain, and, and it, it's, it's a task, and it's a, it's a heavy task for our school districts and school boards and administrators to develop these plans. So that they probably felt they might need more guidance, and we are helping them. Any questions they have, we route them to SED and the governor's office to try to get clarification. Paul, question is interesting to me. Putting aside cost considerations, mm-hmm. uh, do you support um, or not support having students return uh, to in-classroom instruction? Uh, in mm-hmm. September, and that was 34% as far as a part-time basis, 41 uh, on a mm-hmm. full-time basis, not support 15, not sure 9. Uh, mm-hmm. Interesting there because, you know, it's it's not far from being even as far as kind of being in a hybrid situation where kids, uh, you know, can learn at home via whatever, virtual, and of course right. uh, in-house. So that was interesting to me. It was interesting, and what we have seen in the reopening plans uh, that we've reviewed, there is definitely a common of the hybrid blended learning uh, education system for the current situation. And, and Jay, I think we're going to get better at this as far as distance learning, and we're probably going to see that element moving forward in our educational systems. It's not going to replace our in-classroom instruction, but it sure is going to be helpful, I believe, because we did see not only the summer slide when, you know, students get away from reading and education, educational things, but we did see a bit of a a spring slide, obviously, because the district's 
had to move their uh, students off of the school building sites and, and, and pivot to distance learning. So that that is interesting. And um, we did see a lot of hybrid uh, approaches in these reopening plans. Third one, the absence of more state or federal funding. Uh, does one feel they can safely open the schools in accordance with State Education Department and State Department of Health guidance? Mm-hmm. Uh, documents and 28 percent, 20 almost 29 percent said uh, yes. 44 uh, percent and change said no. Not sure. 26 and a half, a little more. You know that's interesting because you know th- there is a lot of skepticism that involved as far as you know our uh, our districts are concerned. Uh, they have concerns, rightfully so here. And, and you know it really does come down to dollars and cents. You know you have to get schools ready. It's not just a matter of opening the doors and letting the kids. You know, you, you have to get protocols in place. They need money to exactly. do that. And that's why I think there's a lot of skepticism out there. Absolutely. I mean, this is a great under undertaking in the sense that, you know, we know we hear about the purchasing PPE, but you have to purchase lunches. You've got the flexible schedules that we have to figure out what that's going to cost. There's physical barriers. There's transportation costs. Buses are going to be running all day in certain districts because you have to social distance on those vehicles. Classroom setups are going to be different. The ventilation systems have to be worked on to maximize airflow. Uh, You have to pay for response plans, additional services for students, cleaning supplies, technology and health services. The list goes on and on. So reopening costs money in any given year. This year, you foist these plans and requirements to make sure administrators, teachers, and students are all safe and healthy and can learn in a an acceptable learning environment, the costs go on. So we need that help uh, from the federal government, and we hope the governor does not have to uh, cut state aid to school districts. That'll be a really tough blow for our school districts. And yeah, tough deal. To, it will be. We might not be able to uh, implement these plans without the funding. Yeah, Bob Schneider with us, uh, New York State School Board. And I'll tell you, I was just thinking of something while you were talking, Bob, and that is, you know, think about the personnel that you're going to need here. You know, co-mingling. I mean, how do you separate kids? So how do you, how do you distance kids, socially well, distance kids? I mean, that's the other thing. I mean, you're going to have to have all monitors galore to make mm-hmm. sure that these kids are doing the right thing. I mean, that's the bottom line. If you really want to put guidelines in place, well, distancing is a key here. I think parents would feel a lot comfortable if that's in play, especially uh, administrators, teachers of uh, elder year proportions. I mean, this is key stuff right here. You're going to have to have a lot of monitoring going on. Absolutely. But what we're seeing in the plan so far is they're going to use these cohort setups where they'll have small groups, smaller groups of children in the classroom, and they'll stay in that classroom for most of the day. If When they have to get their meals, they'll go to the cafeteria with their trays. They'll get their meals. They'll come back into that classroom. We've seen districts that will take teachers, and instead of the schools moving from classroom to – I'm sorry, students moving from classroom to classroom, teachers will come into that classroom and rotate that way. So we're trying to keep them contained in cohorts so there isn't that issue as you had just uh, explained, you know, in the hallway, that type of thing. We're also seeing – school districts that are buying face masks for the younger students so to avoid them from touching their faces and things like that. So they're not only going, I'm sorry, face shields versus the face mask. Um, so, you know, so students younger are probably, you know, harder to control as far as what they're doing in their seats. So we do see that that is a focus to try to keep the hallways, you know, socially distant, if you will, as best you can. So those cohorts, cohorts are going to be very uh, key uh, during the year. 
those smaller question no question let me shift gears for a second you had the revotes uh taking place bob tuesday uh two mm-hmm. of the three uh passed talking about valley stream 13 uniondale uh riverhead though uh riverhead said you know what no not uh, not having it small margin i think it was like less than 75 votes if mm-hmm. i'm not mistaken but uh in essence uh, they did not get through and they will go on austerity you know somebody texted me the other day it was interesting he made a good point the fact that why should residents pass the budget first of all you don't even know if the school is going to be open I and mean, it's not 100 mm-hmm. percent certain right but in essence why go through the rigmarole two and a quarter two and not uh, a quarter percent Tax increase, if memory serves me correct, mm-hmm. uh, an increase of spending of 1.87%. I mean, you know, it goes on and on and on. And, you know, it's not a bad point. I mean, right now, Riverhead is going through uh, some turmoil. You have a superintendent who resigned a couple of weeks ago, just walked out. Uh, you have an interim person in there. Riverhead has always been under the scope. They have had some topsy-turvy uh, situations there as far as uh, mm-hmm. leaders, mainly the principal and everything else, uh, the Reagan incident. Uh, Charles Regan incident. So, you know, in essence, um, it's been a little clouded there. What's your take as far as Riverhead austerity? Could things be cut out there? And is it a point where people said, you know what? We're not certain where we're going with schools anywhere. So why should we vote on this and increase our taxes? What's your take? My take is just the, the fact that it's going to be tough for them uh, to reopen and keep the school, the school health and safe. I know they've got, they're working on a reopening plan. A contingency budget obviously is not what they wanted. Uh, there's a reduction in spending required in that situation. Um, I, I'm sure they can be creative to come up with some plan. I know we are, you know, when the funding, if the funding doesn't come overall statewide, you know, that could be a push to go full distance learning because there's no way we can reopen these these buildings uh, safely without the funding. And Riverhead, I'm not sure how they'll end up. They are in a tough situation. It is a very tough situation. Uh, finally, I'll ask you this. I mean, what about parents right now? They're listening. They're not sure. Uh, you know what? Maybe a grand grandparents living in that house. Uh, listen, you can't help but think the most vulnerable. We know who gets this thing. Uh, then you have kids going to school, maybe picking up something, bringing it home. I mean, listen, it's very real. Um, what, what are schools doing about those types of deals? I mean, are they going to be as flexible as ever uh, if uh, a parent does not feel comfortable at all uh, sending their kids to school uh, in the fall season? Now, we'll see what happens in January and whatnot here, mm-hmm. but it's a very real thing. Uh, how will schools react flexibility-wise? How much rope do they have there? Well, there's a lot of work in this reopening plan, including that. And what we're seeing is, yes, many districts are being flexible uh, in that regard, they still are going to deliver the uh, the education curriculum, but obviously it would be via distance learning. We're hearing more and more now from parents and teachers. The, the teachers are becoming more vocal and organized regarding safety and feasibility of reopening plans. Um, so that's a stay tuned. Uh, what we're seeing so far is about 30 percent uh, of what we're seeing uh, as far as uh Parents are not comfortable bringing their students back, and you do have some teachers that might have those issues that you had mentioned, and they might not be uncomfortable coming back. Uh, In an ideal world, those teachers could be delivering the curriculum distance learning-wise to those students that that are home. I don't think that will happen as easy as I just said, but yes, the districts will have to 
deliver those instructional uh, components to those students that can't come into the classroom. So once again, another very big challenge for our school districts this year because there is a certain percentage of uh, students out there and, and parents and teachers that might not feel comfortable coming back into the classroom. And just curious, yeah, uh, just curious, do you have a number as far as retirement uh, was concerned? Those who have hit tenure, those who have said, you know what, uh, too risky, uh, I think I'm going to call it a day, I've had a good career, I've put in my, you know, 30 years, whatever. But do you have a number and has it exceeded past year's number numbers in general as far as retirement is concerned administrators teacher whatever what do you have for us jay we have no number yet um i checked a few weeks ago and hadn't seen a huge number of retirements but keep in mind we have four roughly four or five weeks left before school opens retirements could come trick not trickling in. a lot of them might come in in august i don't know if that's going to happen but there still is a runway uh, for uh, teachers and administrators to put in retirement papers. So I don't at this point. We're going to keep an eye on that as we move into August. Okay, we look uh, forward to having you on again for updates. Uh, you know, critical period right now. And, and again, you know, you look at the state and, and the deficit uh, that they are carrying right now. You look at the two counties of Long Island, their leaders heading to Washington yesterday. Listen, uh, it's no joke. Right, right now, it's this not. state needs help. We need help. We must we get the help. federal help. Yes, yeah, we must get it, Bob. Would, There's no, no way yeah. around it. Go ahead. Final, final thought here. All your, if all your listeners can reach out to your congressmen, uh, your senators in D.C., and and ask for this, this funding. This funding is important not only for school districts, but the municipalities that support our communities and our school districts. With these tax revenues being down the state, we need help from the federal government. And this is the time for them to step up and get that money, make sure it's flexible as far as spending, um, so we can support our students. We don't want this to end up on the backs of our students, our country's future. And we need the support for our counties also that uh, support our communities um, at large throughout everyday life. All right, my friend, stay well, stay healthy, and uh, we'll hear your voice hopefully in a positive way in the next couple of weeks. Always great having you. Great great talking to you, Jay, and take care. Bye-bye. You got it. The, The great Bob Schneider, the executive director of New York State School Boards Association. He's so right. It's not only the congressional delegation, folks. You know, the Lee Zeldins, the Swazis, the Kings. The Meeks, the Rices, you know, it's the Chuck Schumers. Uh, they got to come through. You know, they have to come through. I'm so, you know, I'm just so tired of the belly aching, though, that you hear, you know, Schumer this, Schumer that, as far as the administration. Now's the time. All right. Now's the time when sides get together. This is what I mean about it. Uh, Schumer, along with um, uh, Kirsten, uh, what's her name again? Oh, Gillibrand. Yeah. Um, this is the time when we need everybody on the same team. I mean, that's all there is to it. Forget about if you're a Republican, if you're a Democrat. This is real stuff here. Real stuff with these deficits, okay? There's no more, you know, passing the buck. No more. And that's why, you know, when you, when you look at Steve Ballone, who was on Capitol Hill yesterday, okay, when you look at Steve Ballone, I mean, listen, it's dire right now. I have no problem taking money from one area, one program, putting it in the other. Listen, we know the appellate court slapped his wrist. He's going to have to replace that 29 points up in million. But I can understand that. Listen, the one thing you want to avoid is more taxes for all of us, right? More taxes. Because that's what's going to happen. 
When all else fails, as far as, you know, can't find the money anywhere, what do you do? You ask the people of the county to support. But right now, we have to have support from our officials in Washington. This is why we elect the likes of a Pete King, a Lee Zeldin, a Tom Swazi, a Chuck Schumer, and uh, a Kirsten, who? Gillibrand, right. Uh, this is why we elect these people. And they got to come through. I mean, this, I mean the, the, see, this is how when we go to the polls, we grade people. We grade people. In times of need, did these individuals come through for us? And if not, guess what? You fail. You fail. That's really all there is to it. Right now, on the national scale, how are we handling COVID? How are we handling it? 150,000 plus uh, uh, Americans have died. Are we doing anything? What's going on in Florida? 200 plus deaths in one day. 9,500 cases. One day. What are we doing about it? Going to DeSantis. Do you deserve another term when your time's up? Everything's graded on stuff like this. Right now, Schumer and company... They got to get it together and help because it's needed. 